Hello, friends, and welcome to Swimming and Singing, the podcast for spoonies and the people who love them. I'm Sarah Nelson, a yoga therapist in Portland, Oregon, specializing in working with folks with chronic illness and aging bodies. Today, I'll be talking to Stacy Ballard. Stacy shares her own journey with chronic illness and how and why she started creating art. She talks about the benefits to her nervous system when she creates art, shares with us a couple of simple art projects to try, and tips for creating art when you feel too tired. I especially love Stacy's story about sneaking away to the bathroom during events to calm herself with some simple art projects. Then we chat about the workbook Stacy has created specifically for folks with chronic illnesses, making it easy and meaningful to create art when you're feeling uninspired or unartistic. Just a reminder, this podcast is for inspiration and information and does not replace medical care or advice. I am not a licensed healthcare professional or mental health therapist. Not all practices discussed on this podcast will be suitable or accessible to everybody. I hope that you find something that resonates and can bring a bit more ease and joy into your life. As always, the transcript of our conversation is available on my website. Let's get to it. I want to note that the internet connection between Stacy and I was somewhat unstable, and I've done my best to edit out weird noises and overlaps, but the business of podcasting is new for me, and each episode is a learning experience. So I just want to apologize in advance for any audio inconsistencies. Stacy Ballard is an experienced artist and workshop facilitator who works with the chronically ill. As someone who started having health issues at the age of 10, she has had hundreds of hospital visits and 20 surgeries, landing her in the ICU three times. She knows firsthand the emotional and mental impacts of being sick. With a lifelong love of art and 35 plus years of art experience, she has learned to use the creative process to support her well being during treatments and speed up the healing process. Hello, Stacy. Welcome to Swimming and Singing. So great to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. Awesome. So I was a bit overwhelmed when I read about your journey with chronic illness starting at age 10. Um, I would like to give you some space here to share whatever you would like to about your journey with chronic illness, knowing that listeners can also always find more information on your website. So I just want you to share whatever you're comfortable with today. Sure. Um, I started having health issues around the age of 10 with thyroid problems. 
And um, this was during the 80s. And so there wasn't a lot of uh, acknowledgement of communication between um, doctors and what they say and what you should do. So um, at the age of 10, they destroyed my thyroid. And that kind of started a cascade of, of issues. Um, I, I, some of the diseases I've dealt with and deal with uh, were endometriosis uh, it took me about five years to finally be diagnosed with that and fibromyalgia. I also have Crohn's. I'm an organ transplant patient recipient. Um, I had a autoimmune liver disease called primary sclerosing cholangitis. It's related to Crohn's, um, but it's very, very rare. So if you have Crohn's, it doesn't mean you're going to get this disease. It's, it's a rare thing. Yeah. And then, um, and then uh, arthritis and um, mental health issues due to living with chronic illness and a lot of things going undiagnosed and with medical trauma as far as having to spend so much time in hospitals, things happen. And so I deal with depression, uh, anxiety and panic disorder, and then medical PTSD. And so because I kind of like grew up at a time where we didn't talk about there, or there weren't support groups or lots of resources. I kind of was, was dealing with this all on my own. And so uh, finding ways to deal with the stress and the pressure um, of that and going through 20 surgeries in 20 years, um, I had to find a way to deal with the stress. And so that's where, art came into my life. Um, and it kind of evolved as I spent time in the hospitals and as I got more sick and as, um, more things started happening to me, I kind of developed, uh, easy, simple ways to not only distract myself from pain and sickness and what was going on around me, but also to, um, create something you know, when so much is happening mm -hmm. and you're so tired and exhausted and pain, you don't feel like uh, you, you can create anything. And so I was coloring in dinosaur coloring books. I was coloring in Tinkerbell <laughs> coloring books. I was, I mean, just really basic stuff. But doing that, I noticed that it would kind of calm me down. And so I've just been doing that for many years as I've gone through uh, more and more health issues. And um, I love showing other people um, how you can be creative and that how that can be helpful in our lives. Did I ramble? Yeah. Thank, thank you for sharing. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I love that you talk about starting your art with coloring in coloring books. Um, about so, I'm trying to I'm trying to picture picture the timeline. I'm wondering about what time you when you started because of course if if you started at age ten that would make sense that you were coloring dinosaur coloring books. But I have a feeling maybe it was later than that. The dinosaurs started in my 20s. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so as, a, as a kid, 
teenager um, with thyroid problems and, and undiagnosed endometriosis, no one was acknowledging what was going on with me. So I was just like, just like fighting to survive all the time and not knowing that there was actually something wrong with me. Um, I did study photography mm. in high school and, and um, working in photography related things in high school, but the dinosaurs and the simple coloring books are so important because I was in eight, nine levels of pain, which takes out your brain, you know, and, and yeah. you can't think and you can't, sometimes you can't even breathe well. And so I needed really simple things that I could do that wouldn't take much energy um, and take much brain power that were just very simple. And because I had medical issues, I had tons of money issues. And so I, you know, mm. get books in the dollar store, uh, Crayola crayons, and just keep things really simple. And, and having that simplicity, almost like kindergarten projects that I could do, uh, were really helpful to me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I love that. I love that you found that, that you were able to find, find coloring and art. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and that was well before the like adult coloring book movement of the past, like five or 10 years. So you were, you were on trend. <laughs> um, this, was in the, this was in the early 90s because I didn't have my first, um, I didn't have my first bout with surgeries and major doctors until I was about 21. And so uh, before that, I thought I was normal and just lazy and in pain all the time. Um, and so it wasn't until my 20s that um, I ended up in long term hospital issues and things like that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Are there. Are there days and times that you feel too tired to create something, even too tired to color? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not only, you know, every, every day at certain times, I just need to do nothing. Um, sometimes just sit and watch stupid YouTube videos or listen to an audiobook. But absolutely, um, because sometimes my brain just can't handle it or my body physically um, can't handle it. Um, so I sit in bed a lot and do art um, and stand up sometimes because every position kind of hurts me. So it does have to be at the right time. And so I try to be flexible and also keep little fast art projects that I can do that are like two minutes long. Like I love scribble art, which I can go, um, uh, if you want, I can, uh, no, it doesn't matter cause I'm not on video, but I do have some examples of some really quick, um, art projects. So back to what I was saying. So I, yes, there's times 
where I can't do art, uh, not even color with one color crayon. Um, for mm-hmm. me, uh, I do better in the mornings because as the day goes on, my pain gets worse and my brain level um, goes down. Um, mm-hmm. So simple, just easy art projects that I like to do is sometimes, you know, when you just have a piece of white paper and you're talking on the phone or whatever, and you're just scribbling with the pen and just making, you know, scribble marks. I like to take those and take some colored pens, crayons, or um, pencils and color in the little places that cross over each other and create shapes. And that's literally oh. like a two-minute project that, you know, at, at certain, you know, situations I could – if, if I'm at a function that's overstressing either my body or my mind, I will go find a bathroom and have in my little fanny pack a little art project so I could just hide in the bathroom and like calm my mind and my nervous system and remember to breathe. And, and even if I'm just like, you know, coloring with one color or doing a scribble drawing, um, it calms me down and brings me back to myself. Um, but yeah, you kind of have to go with what feels right with you and there's different mediums and kinds of creativities that you can do, um, at all different levels of how you're feeling. But I found sometimes, um, just allowing myself to rest and, and not have any expectations and, um, and just be easy on myself is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it is important maybe to distinguish that you're not necessarily uh, talking about creating art that you're going to sell on Etsy or frame on your wall. These are projects you're doing not necessarily for the end project, but for what it does, like for your nervous system, right? Does that sound right? Yeah. Absolutely. I think you even... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think you even said something. I think there's a delay, Sarah. I'm so sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I think that you said something about it helping return you to yourself, which I, I really liked that phrase. Yes. Um, Yes, because I deal with anxiety and panic attacks. Um, you know, a, a lot of things you hear is like, oh, look around the room and name things, you know, that you see in front of you. And that helps calm you down. For me, it's it's art and just doing something or writing something um, and finding that space. And then um, oh, I totally lost my train of thought, but you had, were mentioning something earlier And I totally lost it. I apologize. Um, yeah, that is brain fog for you. Um. <laughs> yep. No problem. Um, so you described the scribble activity, which I love because I feel like we all have those supplies on hand. 
could be like the back of a piece of paper and a pen and maybe a couple different colored pens. Um, and then do you have, did you have another suggestion for something easy someone could do to, to get started with creating art? Yes. And um, most people have these things at home. Uh, tissue paper mm-hmm. and Elmer's glue and something to glue it down on. Most, I'm one of those people at parties who collects, you know, the, the paper from gifts and things like that. And so most people have different colors of tissue paper at home. This is a little bit longer of a project, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. But what you could do is get some Elmer's glue or some Mod Podge. If you're using Elmer's glue, uh, you water it down a little so it's a little more flowy. And you can either cut Mm -hmm. up the tissue paper or tear the tissue paper in pieces and glue it down with the Mod Podge or Elmer's glue and then layer pieces on top of each other. And you can use a paintbrush or a foam brush and it's super simple and you create layers of different colors and it's, it's a very fun and a simple project to do um, that is really calming to the brain and um, for me, my anxiety. Um, are we buffering? Is my, am I buffering on your side? It's a little bit choppy, but I know that this program records our audio separately. And so I think that it will, I think the the quality will still be good. Okay. Cause I'm wondering sometimes with zoom, if I shut off my video, I don't, uh, I don't buffer as much, but I don't know if we do can do that here. I think, let me see. Yeah, so if you if you oh, yeah. click on the little um, video next to, yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay, let's see if that helps. Okay. Um, okay. I also wanted to talk about what you were saying earlier, because I remembered that when we're doing this kind of art, this is not about making a masterpiece. It's not about creating a side business. So you could sell your pieces. This is about having moments with yourself and creating something that maybe is just for yourself. And maybe it's something you get rid of after because you don't want anybody to see it. Because doing bright and Uh fun and colorful work is wonderful. But I think doing the other type of work that deals with your other feelings like grief and sadness and fear are important too. And so these pieces that we create um, uh, are only meant for your eyes and you could get rid of them after. It's why I love um, having a trash can next to me because it's not about um, creating more stress for yourself. It's about, giving yourself five minutes to relax, come back into yourself where your feet are, where your hands are, uh, where you're breathing. And so for me, that's, that's the end goal of these um, little fun art things. It's the journey of the process. It's not 
the piece of art you make in the end. Yes, that that makes sense. Um, and thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. It makes me think of when we're kids. And when I was a kid, I just, I created and created and, you know, there's just like so much of my artwork and it just, it wasn't all, it wasn't all for keeping. Like some of it got, lots of it got recycled, but it didn't take away from the, um, the joy I got when I was, the joy I received when I was making it. So love that. Yes. Um, I would I would love to talk a little bit about um, the book that you have created. I think of it as a workbook. It's called The Fine Art of Waiting, Wellness Through Creativity. And um, it is available on your website. And I will link to that in the show notes. And I just, I wanted to share that one of the things that I love so much about this book is that you give a lot of guidance and options as well as creative freedom um, and opportunities to reflect on the process. I feel like it makes the projects accessible to people who may not identify as artistic or creative. Thank you so much. Yeah, 20 years in the making. And a, a lot of the projects came from being in the hospital and and dealing with um, a lot of stuff. And so, yeah, I wanted this book to be able to be used by people at all levels of art, from people who say, I'm not creative, I'm not an artist, you can do this book. There's simple, easy, um, step-by-step ways. And then people who um, like to do art, um, you can kind of go crazy with some of the the options like, I give you to do after. Um, I think the journaling parts um, maybe an easier way to step in for people who don't um, feel as creative uh, with pens and pencils, but it's a good way to kind of step into the projects. And then there are um, ones in there that are just for coloring. If you don't feel like uh, creating new ones, there are samples in there that you can just color and so um, just an example, the My Body Project came from me dealing with my uh, fight about against my body. I thought that my body was doing this to me, um, that it was its fault for all the diseases and health problems I had. And so dealing with that negativity for me felt like I needed to get it out of me and onto paper so I could see it as something outside of myself. And I had a realization when I was doing that project that like, my body doesn't want this crap happening either, you know, Mm -hmm. but I've been fighting with it and fighting with the disease and seeing that negative body with all the, with all the negative words Uh, There's an outline in the book of a body and you could do positive or negative words in it. And with the negative one, I was able to fill it with all the things that I thought about my body, my hatred for it, my sadness for it. Um, uh, And in some of those, I would actually, after I did them, I would rip them up 
sometimes I would set them on fire. So it felt like almost, and if you do that, please do it in a safe space, uh, in a fireproof thing. But it's almost ritualistic that I can like get those things out of my self and my brain that is no longer a conversation in my brain that's something physical outside my body that I could then do something else with I can manipulate it in new ways um, whether it's burning it or hanging it on the wall so I can have compassion for it and so um, all those little uh, uh, projects came out of a lot of what I went through, uh, like the monster project is, is wonderful. Um, that, that helped give me more understanding of, of myself and, and what I thought were the bad parts of myself. And then there's ones in there like the, the, um, the mandalas that are just easy coloring, almost meditation that you can do. And so, um, yeah, it's it's what I found that has helped me, what I've learned from other people and and brought into my own way of creating. And um, it's 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 a labor of love that um, I continue to use all the time in my own life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I love it. I love this book. I I know a bunch of people I'm going to recommend it to. And, um, it's funny, you mentioned the monster project. I was really drawn to that one and, um, spent some time thinking about my monster and what it would look like yesterday. I didn't actually get down to drawing it, but, but I was close and I can see that I, I will do that. Um, it reminds me what you're saying about, you know, drawing and then burning or ripping it up and, and just the importance the importance of getting that stuff out. It, you know, I feel like we hear people talk about journaling yes. that way as well. Like just have to get it out and let it go. And, um, and this is just, this is another way, another option to do it. So I love, um, yeah, I love that you've, that you've spoken about art in a couple ways and how it's helped you. So both just like the create, the creativity of coloring or drawing, just like getting, focusing your mind on something besides the pain or the anxiety and then also using it I guess we would say in a therapeutic way to help release some of the sadness and anger and all this stuff all the stuff that's in there and um it's all a part of us as well but but sometimes it needs to needs to be expressed so yeah, love that. Yeah, and that helps our brain too. Um, you know, when we do creativity, it gives us problem solving, uh, new problem solving options, and makes us think about different ways of going about and doing things. And so it's a it's a wonderful resource. Um, no matter if it's drawing, writing, cooking, gardening, cross stitching, knitting, mm -hmm. any type of creativity is, is really good. And a really easy place to go for ideas is look at kids art, um, on, on Google, look at easy kids art and see what, see what 
like makes your heart flutter like you when you were a kid. And most of the time it's construction paper, glue and scissors. And so it doesn't cost a lot and it kind of lights up that part of us as well. Yeah. Yeah. I um, spent many years as a youth librarian before or while actually I was teaching yoga, but, um, and, and I just, I was thinking about how oftentimes we gave the kids, even young kids markers, like Crayola markers to use because they were easier to hold on to, and they didn't have to push very hard to make a really bright impact. And, and so I was thinking about some of the clients I work with who have pain in their hands or, you know, difficulty grasping and, and how even that, even for them, that would, that would work just, you know, the Crayola markers and whatever brand, you just don't have to push very, very heavy and you can still get some really, yes. really high impact color. Um, Stacy, before yes, as, and, the, as, and the fatter crayons, the fatter yes. pencils. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, as we are wrapping up, I also just wanted to um, offer you a chance to talk about where people can find you. You can say your website. I will also have it in the show notes. But you were also sharing with me that you teach art a couple times a week online for a community. And I thought you might want to mention that as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. My website is fineartofwaiting.com. And um, my Instagram and TikTok are all fine art of waiting. Um, And the title of my book really quickly is the fine art of waiting, waiting for doctor's appointments, waiting for test results, waiting for diagnosis. And so that's that's why it was titled that. And um, yes, I am a creativity leader at Chronicon. It was started by Nitika Chopra. It's Chronicon.co. Otherwise, you get a, a you get a comic group of uh, oh, yeah. comic collectors. But yeah, Chronicon.co is a wonderful community of people living with all kinds of different chronic illnesses. I post there uh, twice a week and I do two uh, creativity events a month. And this month I'll be doing uh, simply watercolors, which is just working with one watercolor, uh, doing very simple, uh, easy for anybody to do techniques And then at the end of the month, we do a creativity hangout where you can just bring anything you want to be be creative with. And we just kind of hang out and talk and, and, uh, you know, sometimes bitch about what it's like living with chronic illness. And, and it's a great time hanging out with people. So, um, yeah, I love Chronicon and it's, it's been a huge gift to me. And I just really appreciate you being here with your podcast and your yoga Um, because it's so important for people with chronic illness to understand there's different ways of what we of what we just see out in society of what yoga is supposed to be and a lot of us feel like I can't do that you know and and you know you can feel kind of defeated when you see all these people like doing yoga and yoga saved me and yoga healed me and to have the opportunity to 
bring in a type of yoga that isn't going to uh, force me to do more than I can is so important. So I really appreciate the work you do. Thank you. Thanks for saying that, Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, it was so lovely to speak with you and I am so excited to get this podcast out and let people hear from you and, and check out your work. So thank you so much. Thank you too. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to swimming and singing. If you're interested in working with me or joining my online therapeutic yoga membership, head to my website at bit.ly slash yoga therapy for spoonies. And there you'll also find a link to a free yoga in bed three-part course. Links and contact information for me and my guests can be found in the show notes. If you if you like what you've heard, please share, rate, and review this podcast. If you have thoughts or comments you'd like to share with me, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep swimming and keep singing. <laughs>